Here we are again, James. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Good, thanks. Yourself? Good. It seems quicker and quicker now that we seem to be doing these podcast. Time seems to be coming around a lot quicker. Yeah, we normally have five or ten minutes beforehand, but I know you're busy today and you've got your little one right next to you. So, uh... Right next to me, she's right here. I'm sure she's going to cause some trouble at some point during the podcast, but it's, uh, it's all part of the reality of life, right? Working dad and all that. Working dad. Working dad. How are you? Yeah, good mate, things are going well, routine's good at the moment, after I think we spoke on the last podcast about me, you know, only lasting four weeks on a certain routine, went, yeah. went away and thought about it, um, and now I think I've got quite a good balance, it's taken me about three years since leave, leaving the Navy to find an actual... You took me, you took me, like, when did I leave the Marines? So I left the Marines, um, I left the Marines 2011, September, September 2011, <laughs> and I would say only probably since January 2018 that I've managed to sort my life out um, and, and, and square down a routine. I've tried lots of different things and obviously last week, last time we spoke, we spoke about coping and controlling, didn't we? And that's something that I've just practiced is the controlling side and I really think I've only got a grip of it since, since January of this year. Yeah, I think for me, what I've realised the last couple of weeks is um, I'd go like balls out for four weeks, but I wouldn't really be doing it for any reason. So now I've got you know much more of a balance in terms of I don't have to go hell for leather every week because there's no actual end point at the moment. So I'd rather just concentrate and enjoying it and just seeing progression that way. Um, yeah, that hundred percent. That's a great. I mean, that's a great theory way of doing it. I mean, I was talking about a group that I'm in, um, which is the PT100, which is where I'm kind of coaching there about vision and, and, and productivity and having that end state and working to the vision. And I mean, I think when you work to a vision, that allows you not to have to burn out so much because you take lots of little steps towards the five year, the ten year plan. I was talking about my five year plan for all the guys and how everything that I do, like for today. You know, I don't need to achieve that five-year vision today. No. You know, and I think that's where a lot of us get really overwhelmed, isn't it? It's, 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 it's the fact that we are trying to be successful overnight. I mean, that's where we, that's where we just cope and, and don't control things. You know, just kind of sort of following on from our last podcast. Yeah, exactly. So today, um, I want to ask you and what you think of where you think your confidence comes from. So, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, when you said it to me, I was like, oh, I thought thinking about it, and then obviously got overwhelmed with my life. <laughs> but it's, it's such a good question, and it is a really good question. I mean, where does it come from? Um, and I think confidence generally comes from where you become comfortable doing something. So, let's take, for example, video. Now, for a lot of people who I know that are in the entrepreneurial world, a lot of people that I network with doing video or getting in front of a camera to create a piece of content is something that people are not confident about. So when I look at that, I think to myself, well, why aren't they confident? And usually it's because they're even too worried about what people think. They're not competent or they feel they're not competent about doing it right. So what is right, what's wrong? And and I feel that's also just a lack of maybe experience, you know, come, that comes into play. And when you become confident, it's when you start practicing something, when you start, this is my own personal view, it's when you start practicing something, when you start doing something, when you start letting down the barriers about what other people think, 
I think you break down a barrier that you squeeze through and come out the other side confident. Does that make sense? Yeah, So definitely. if you think about a footballer, I, you know, when I used to play football when the under-13s were up to the under-18s, I wasn't a confident footballer. I was too nervous about what the manager was going to say. You know, I was too nervous when I was on the ball. I didn't really know. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really do it. But after a number of years, I only stopped playing it a few years ago. And that was my best year ever because I became confident. And when I think about it now, why did I become confident? That's because I broke down all of those barriers. I didn't care what. I didn't care if I lost the ball. I was, I was so worried about losing the ball before. I kind of come through that that barrier of where I, I don't think I'm good enough. And actually, I was good enough. The more I relaxed, and as that as I played more, you just get more and more confident on the ball, don't you? Uh, whereas I always had that mental thing as a kid. Um, so for me, I guess it's just breaking through, breaking through uncomfortable situations. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's just, it is that word. That's a key word: uncomfortable circumstances. Yeah, I think for me, slightly different angle. I genuinely think confidence can come through um, the way you've been brought up and the experiences you've been through. Right, for, for me. I've got ginger yep. hair, right? Obviously, as you can see on the camera. Um, so obviously, that, that, that was a, a quite a thing that distinguished me when I was younger. Like people took the piss, people called me this, called me that, and obviously, I think that gave me confidence. Now I'm, you know, in my late twenties, because now yep. I just don't care. Um, you know, I obviously care about what other people's opinions are, but I care more about what my own opinion of myself is. And that, that's not, not, not in an arrogant way, but if I, yeah. you know, concentrated on what people thought of the way I looked and the way I acted all the time, no one would get anything done. Um, and I think the more positions you put yourself in that you're uncomfortable, like public speaking or writing a blog post on your opinions on things, and when that traction picks up and people do think, oh, actually, he's got something good to say, I think that can breed confidence as well. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. And I and I, I think that's a really good point as well. You know, everyone's perception of it is, will be different. People listening to us now will think, well, like, this is what confidence is to me. And it just be, and it, and I and I and I think that's a really good angle. You know, I think that's a really good angle as well. And I think would that you, would I, you say that you've become more confident in, in in talking since we've done our podcasts? Yeah, definitely. I think there you go. looking back. From even when I was in school, I was, you know, uh, about nine stone, piss wet through. Yeah. You know, spots, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. Shaved, dead, looked like a fucking tennis ball. Um, and as you get older, you, you know, you put yourself in these situations where you have to be confident. And it just, just breeds it. It's just, you, you sort yeah. of like mutate into this person that... You know, when you get to this point, you look back on and go, "Bloody, I don't even know how I did that." Um, yeah. Sorry, I've forgotten what you were going to, what you said, what you asked, even. Sorry, my mind, my mind, <laughs> my, my mind went wondering. You were going into deeper thought there, weren't you? Yeah. Seeing your face, you were, you were like visioning, you know, visualizing. Well, it's like therapy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It, I like it. I mean, that's what it is. Podcasts are about therapy. You know, you get better with podcasts. You get better. You've done a couple of speaking, public speaking engagements, and um, like what we've been doing this podcast a couple of months, two, three months, yeah, a quarter. 
so you don't naturally get used to talking. And I remember when I first got my podcast, you know, I didn't know really what to say. I didn't know how to say it. But, you know, over a bit of time, you suddenly become much more fluent at them. You know, God, I remember being super nervous on my podcast. I, I used to be nervous when I did a live feed on Facebook. The minute I would be looking at that live feed, say, as soon as I press live, okay, and in my head I was going, I'm not confident, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. Now, like, I've got something to say every single morning. I've been doing live feeds now every morning for the last two, three weeks, giving a little bit of value. And now it's just natural. And I think that when I do come on to speaking, I'll be a lot more confident about stuff that I learned, you know, at the speaking course that I went to that I, that I told you about. Yeah. And it's just putting it to practice. I'm kind of doing it because I want to overcome that unnatural approach that sometimes I get in camera. You know, I'm usually like, uh, yeah, okay. You know, all those nervous little twitches. I remember doing a, a, a presentation in the military on Everest. And in a 15-minute presentation, my chief instructor wrote down that I said, okay, 85 times. Yeah, I know what you mean. They do something similar on... It was on a leadership course or something. Yeah, something like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was on my adventure training course. But yeah. that is just obviously an unconscious sign that we're not fully comfortable being in that position. And that's where practice, practice, practice builds up that confidence and we eradicate those 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 processes, you know, those OKs. And we eradicate... So my industry, for example, people going to the gym... The only way people are going to get confident using equipment in a gym is by using it. It's by overcoming that awkwardness of, you know, I don't want to look stupid here holding these weights or trying to lift something. Or I, there's a group of guys there and I don't, I don't want to look like a dickhead because I'm trying to lift that arm. Sorry, I'm in front of the kids. I'm um, sorry. Um, I'm doing bicep curls in front of them because I don't want to look stupid because I'm using half the weight. And that lack of confidence is what restricts people's capabilities. Yeah. And I think, you know, so many people can achieve so much more if they can just overcome those uncomfortable early moments in their life when they're developing something and reach out and take that leap of faith to then gain that confidence to then reach their potential, to then be the best version of themselves. Yeah, and then keep on pushing as well. 100%. Yeah, keep pushing. And then you go on. Because when you become confident runner, you do you do your 5K, then you do your 10K, then you think, I'll do my half marathon. Then you think, fuck it, I'm going to do a marathon. Then you think, I'll do 100 miles. Yeah. Do you see? That confidence grows. And it doesn't happen. You don't go from running a 5K to an ultra marathon in two months. You do it over three, three years, two, three years. And that's the same as your people that listen to our, our, our journey right now. You start with small wins, little wins, build the confidence, build the momentum, and then it grows, and then it grows, and then it grows, and then you become unstoppable. Yeah. The point where it needs to stop is when you become a twat and an arrogant twat with it. Yeah, there's a, yeah, to go back on that, there is a massive difference between arrogance and confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes those lines can be. This industry is full of confident, egotistical twats. Honestly, and, and, and that is because they're overconfident, and, and that just isn't an attractive trait whatsoever. No, and I think that without blowing too much smoke up, yeah, I don't want to swag your kid to that, but you know what I mean. I think the fact that you are, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but you're not ripped to shreds like other individuals oh. but but you're quite happy to no. but you're quite happy to, <laughs> but you're quite happy to share that because you're a normal bloke and a normal dad. 
Um, yeah, and I think that's good. I'm 40 years old this year, and I'm, you know, I, I am more happy than where I am right now. As you know, I'm working towards a photo shoot in October. But right now, my journey is lifting weights, being a dad, running two businesses, being a coach for a third, and, and maintaining everything out of my life. Don't get me wrong, 12 weeks out from October for my photo shoot, yeah. I'm going to be kicking in big time, ready for that to, ready to be ripped and show that you can still do it as a dad. Yeah, You know, exactly. and, 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 and kitting that in. And you're absolutely right, you know, it's... It, 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 there's a level, there is that line, there is that line that we must cross. Yeah, but your journey will give, you know, other people your age, mums and dads, that confidence again, the word confidence that they can do it yeah. as well, even if they have got busy lives. Here's a, here's a good question for you and your specific niche. Go on. So with guys leaving the military, how do you think that a lot of their confidence is knocked from going in a place of authority in somewhere where they belong to somewhere where no one actually cares what they've done? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Double-edged sword. I think some people have built up to a point where they expect a certain wage and a certain role because they've hit a certain level in the forces yeah and what I mean by that is you know the people around them are building them up saying oh yeah you'll just walk into a job and then yeah. once that isn't the case obviously this is not for everyone you know some people do do well and you know they land on their feet which is brilliant absolutely fantastic yeah but that line between confidence and arrogance can be crossed yeah. and they expect a certain wage and a certain role and it just doesn't happen that's when that's when you yeah, see that confidence just um, deteriorate and then it takes a long time for them to, to realise that you know they are starting in a new a new world essentially um, and they are going to have to take a hit on the old ego and a, you know potentially a, a well, you have to start at the bottom again don't you I mean no like, and, and the reality is it's as amazing as every military man is coming out I don't think we're quite prepared for what City Street holds for us because we're so used to our white life. That was the big thing for me. You know, I was a sergeant, well, I was acting sergeant in the, in the Royal Marines. You know, I had done all these amazing things. I've been a sniper. You know, I've been to Afghanistan. I had trained thousands of recruits for their training. And she is laughing. Sorry, good, you're listening. Um, and I came out thinking with arrogance and I did have an ego, you know, the real thing at the time. And, and you know, I came out expecting everything was going to be there for me and it wasn't, and which is why I hit rock bottom. You know, yeah. I underestimated what was coming up. I was overconfident about what the future held for me when actually it was that, like the first four years, you know, it was not a pleasant place. Yeah, no, it was not. A, it was tough for me. I think I, yeah, I think I fell into that arrogant category as well, to be honest. Because when I moved into um, like corporate life, because I was still quite young, relatively young at twenty four or twenty five, I walked into a role, and you know, people thought I was a graduate at times. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, I'm not a graduate. I haven't just come out of uni. I've done this. I've done that. But that was, you know, that, that was my problem, not the people who didn't know yeah, or care about what I'd done beforehand. They just saw, you know, a young guy and they automatically assumed that, you know, I'd just come out of uni, which wasn't the case. But again, that was on me, not on them. Because I'd, yeah, probably, because I'd probably think the same about a young individual that came into where I work now. So, 
Um, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And I, and I think that maybe that's something that obviously has to be addressed within the... Whether that needs to be addressed within the corporate world looking to take on military or whether that's the military knowing that their guys are leaving and making sure that they understand it's not a walk in the park, you're not going to walk into a £40,000 job. Yeah, and some, sometimes you are. You know, I put a post out on LinkedIn a few months ago. Basically, it was like three tips, and one of them was, you know, you're going to have to be prepared to take a pay cut, and that caused a lot of debate. And what I yeah. meant was that, you know, if you've been working in IT, in the Army, the Navy, the RAF, the Marines, or whatever, if you've been in IT and engineering, yeah, you probably, you know, got enough qualifications, enough experience to walk into a similar paid job. But yeah. if you're a gunner, like I was in the Navy with no sort of qualifications or background in an entirely new industry, you are probably going to have to take a pay cut because you haven't got the experience. But hey, no one's looking to take on a sniper or a gunner these days. No. Unless you're an assassin. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's just not happening. No one's putting out ads for snipers and gunners. And that's the fact of the matter, you know, and and I know we're going on the point a little bit with the confidence side of things, but that's that's where we have to be realistic about coming out of the military and going into the civilian world. That's where the resettlement has to be. That's where the resettlement has to be really dictated and and really and and the guys really have to understand what they're heading into when they leave but I mean that's a whole different podcast I think yeah and I'd be no good as an assassin anyway with this hair so (laughs) get caught out you'd have to can that stuff out yeah and then it would still glow I love it Um, okay well I I mean I think hopefully that's useful you know I think it's I think the I, I think the key aim for this particular podcast is really to get you thinking you know there's no right or wrong answer I think it's down to the individual of what confidence is and what you can get out of confidence so to speak brilliant well I'll leave you to uh, your dad activities yeah she has not stopped laughing for the whole way at least she was laughing and not crying <laughs> yeah probably laughing at us talking nonsense well the whole time we've been doing this we have been walking round and round the dining room table playing chase so <laughs> oh, right. fair enough that is living the dream Alright then guys, enjoy your bank holiday weekend because we're recording on the Friday and we'll speak to you soon. As always, reach out to us if you've got any topics or questions you want us to cover. Apart from that, thanks for listening. Thanks guys.